like that. You what up, everybody, and welcome that. to like this back. Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We have made it two days into the week. Two days into the week, and I can tell you this. We are done with the picks, I guess you could say. Done with the picks of Mock Draft 2.0, which will be coming out Monday. So make sure to stay tuned for that. It will be March 13th, which just happens to be my sister's birthday. It's not for my sister, but Mock Draft 2.0 will be coming out on Monday. Again, Monday, Monday, Monday. Mock Draft 2.0. And it was kind of funny. My dad, like last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember how long ago it was, he shot me a message. He was talking crap about my mock drafts, or about my process, I guess you could say. If you want to call it a process, that works for me. Because that makes me sound smarter and cooler than what I actually am. So he sent me this message. Daniel Jeremiah dropped his mock draft. Mock Draft 2.0. Which came out, when did this come out? When did he drop Mock Draft 2.0? Because there's been there's a Mock Draft coming out every single day, essentially. But the big guys are the ones you really look out for. Like the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world. The Mel Kuypers. The Todd McShades. The Dane Bruglers. Like those guys. Those are the people you generally keep an eye out for for Mock Drafts. And Dane, speaking of Dane, he dropped a Mock Draft today. Mock Draft 3.0. So this is insane. This is to me, like, like Daniel Jeremiah dropped his last Mock Draft on February 27th. Mock draft 2.0, oh, no, that's the prospect ranks. Prospect rankings. Where is his mock draft? Where is his mock draft? Because now I've got to see the exact date of this. Okay, even worse. February 21st. It is March 7th. Daniel Jeremiah dropped this two weeks ago today. You want to know when I dropped mock draft 1.0? Was Monday, February 20th. He dropped mock draft 2.0 after I dropped 1.0. A day after I dropped 1.0. Dane Brugler. Dropped Mock Draft 3.0 today. Today. (laughs) And I had this idea in my head that I was going to be like, we're going to have Mock Drafts done like every two weeks. And by that I mean we're going to have a week break and then we're going to have a Mock Draft. So two weeks after the Mock Drafts posted, another one will be coming out. But instead we're going to do it like this. It's going to be like three weeks, but it's two weeks between each Mock Draft. Because I feel like my opinion doesn't change that much around specific players to where I need to change a mock draft that drastically to create a whole new one in that short of time. I think the the two weeks in between, I think, is the right amount of time for that. I'm not saying my process is the same as everybody else's process, and there's different sources that are involved with Daniel Jeremiah, Dane Bruegel, and all those guys' stuff. But, yeah, mock draft 2.0, for me, will be coming out basically three weeks after my mock draft 1.0. So we're going to have mock draft 2.0 will come out on the 13th. So here's the dates you need to look out for. So Mock Draft 1.0 came out on the 20th of March of April, sorry. Jeez, of February, sorry. Mock Draft 2.0 will come out on the 13th of March. Mock Draft 3.0 will come out on the 3rd of, of April, which is fitting. Mock Draft 3.0 comes out on the 3rd. Makes sense of the 4th month, but hey, that's not important. And then Mock Draft 4.0 will come out on the 24th, and then we might have like a May, or we might spread that one out until the 27th. So we're going to have four Mock Drafts in total. We had, I think, five last year. We had five the year before, and I think seven <laughs> the year before that. We used to crap out mock drafts all the freaking time, but I feel like I'm getting more, I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to nail down what I think more, which is weird to say for me, because I'm a massive overthinker. I'm an absolute massive overthinker, and that will be the final mock draft. So it'll be four, so with dates again, the 13th of March, the 3rd of April, and the 24th and or 27th of April. Because again, the, mo- the NFL draft starts on April 27th. So I'm going to post either that morning Mock Draft 4.0 or that'll be Mock Draft 5.0. If I'm going to do like any... Nece- I might do that. I might do it like that. 
where I make like any un- any necessary changes to the mod drive that comes out on Monday the twenty fourth. If that works, I don't know. We'll have we'll play it by ear because we got we got a month and a half until that comes out. Like we got a little bit to go until Matra 4.0 or Matra 5.0 comes out. We got a little bit until the NFL draft starts, which again April 27th, and it's exciting time. The NFL draft to me is the best time of the year because when you're a fan of team of a team that is not really until recently, until very recently, does not really compete for Super Bowls, the NFL draft was the most exciting time because you were always excited like which way could our team draft a player that either A, improves our team, or B, we think will improve our team, but ends up not improving our team. And every single year in the draft, we get, like, reaches. We get players falling, whether it's due to injuries or some off-the-field thing, like Laramie Tunsil. We got the Warren Sapp thing. We potentially have the Jalen Carter thing this year with the whole arrest thing, which Tom McShay had him going 12th overall. I don't think Jalen Carter falls outside the top 10, personally. Personally. That's how I feel right now on March 7th. That could obviously change in a month and 20 days from now. If I'm sitting here on April 27th, I could be thinking of a completely different thing of going like, wow, yeah, he could fall that far. He could. But I think, again, we said this last week when the charges first got filed or where the the reports of the arrest first came out. The timing of this for Jalen Carter in regards to his draft stock couldn't have happened at a better time because it was even before the combine. So he had a chance to go through the interview process and answer questions about that at the Combine. He didn't need to work out. Everybody knows Jalen Carter, how he is as a player. Because even last year, people were talking about Jalen Carter being the best player on Georgia's defensive line as a rotational piece. He was the Luca Van Ness of Georgia's national championship team last year. A team that had Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, uh, N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, Lewis Seen, like player on player on player on player. And they're saying that this Jalen Walk, Jalen Carter kid is the best out of all of them. Even Keely Ringo is going to get drafted this year. Chris Smith, a safety this year. Like there are some damn good players. Nolan Smith ran a four three nine at the combine. So with Jalen Carter being this player that we all know he is on the field, we know how talented he is. We knew if he did stuff at the combine because it's just a Georgia tradition at this point that Georgia players absolutely blow up the combine. So Jalen Carter's timing, or it's not his timing, but the reports of this coming out allowed him to clear the air on that because you don't want to go through the interview process and then something pop up. That's the problem because you don't have any time to actually like clear your name or what happened on the night or what, what the situation is from your point of view or whatever. You don't have that opportunity. So again, this happened a good time like before the draft happens. like You see the Warren Sapp thing. You see the Laramie Tunsil thing. These are two things that happened on draft night. You have the whole failed drug testing with Warren Sapp. You have the, the gas mask video with Laramie Tunsil. Happened on draft night. So that affected his draft stuff because he doesn't have time to explain it. The draft is happening in T-minus 30 minutes. You don't really have time to go like, oh, yeah, this is what happens. This is an old video. It's whatever. I mean, you could say that, but that's the last thing they remember of you is that moment. Jalen Carter's got interviews to do. He's got the whole offseason. He's got the pro day. He's got every single time to hopefully clear his name or to a certain extent, to a certain extent. We'll have to wait and see. Time will tell him that the tri- the charges get dropped or anything like that or the what fines take place with him, but we'll have to see. But again, I don't think he falls outside the top 10 at this point in time. At this point in time, I don't think that. But we'll get to the whole NFL draft in a little bit because, again, we're in March. We've got a month and a half until the 2023 NFL draft. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. The, uh, the combine just ended. We've got contracts getting signed. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So before we get into all of that, and it was a long, kind of a long intro, not one of my longer intros, but... 
before we get into that, make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan, with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel and follow and like the Facebook page. You can check out Mock Draft 1.0 on there, which again, we just brought up a little bit ago, which there have been a lot of Mock Drafts that have been released since then, and I checked today because I, I have a little blurb at the bottom of every single blog post that I have where it's like, you can follow Logan Blackman Show in all these different categories. So I have to go to each blog, like the last blog post, and I'll copy and paste that and put it on my my latest one. And I checked today, Modraft 1.0 is at 121 views. Thank you. Thank you. And I really mean that. I mean, thank you for everybody that's listened, clicked on it. And again, I can promise you, hand on heart, hand on the Bible, hand on whatever, I have not clicked on this 121 times. So I can clearly say, and I haven't even clicked on this 50 times. I haven't, I haven't even clicked on it 10 times. So I've... I appreciate everybody that has viewed that, whether you're listening to the show right now or not, I do appreciate it because we are closing in on becoming the most viewed blog post on the LoganBlackmanShow.com, which I greatly appreciate because the OPR one, that one is at 131. We need 10 more views, 10 more views on Montreal 1.0 to be the most viewed blog post in Logan Blackman Show history. Let's see if we can get that before Montreal 2.0 comes out. This is the most viewed, Mo- I mean, obviously it's the most viewed Montreal. It's the most viewed post other than a thank you to OPR, which is a pretty popular show up in Cedar Falls and Waterloo area. It was in it was in Waterloo, but you know, the Cedar Falls Waterloo area. It's pretty much the same thing. Cedar Falls is about 10 minutes outside of Waterloo. But yeah, I greatly appreciate everybody looking at that. And again, reminder, Montreft 2.0 will be coming out Monday, so make sure you stay tuned for that. I don't I'm not expecting 121 views or plus on that one, but I just greatly appreciate everybody that's looked at it. And I to be the the best part about this whole thing is that it's gotten this much. And I have received, at this point in time, zero hate for it. So you know what? That's a good thing. I got in a little, I don't want to say kerfuffle, I guess, on Instagram with one guy who was talking about the whole, like, bright uh, CJ Stroud won't go to Houston thing. That remains to be seen. That could be a big thing about him and Deshaun Watson sharing age and stuff like that. But I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. But we'll talk about that again on Montreal 2.0. But then uh, the most important thing of all, reminder to make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. I would greatly appreciate that. You, If you aren't sure that you're subscribed and you're listening right now, just scroll down a little bit and make sure that you are following it. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. Like, And you can leave a rating out of five stars. You don't need to give a five-star rating. If you, don't, if you did not enjoy your experience, you are more within your rights to give me a one-star review. If you very much feel like that, if you feel like that, but just let me know down below in the description on why you gave it a one-star review. Whether it's something that I've, what I've said, what I've done. If you don't like me, if you think you can smell my breath through the speakers, I don't know. I don't know. Just let me know why you feel the way you do down in the description on whatever your rating is. On whatever five-star rating to a one-star rating. I do not care. But again, just make sure you're subscribed and are following that. And you'll never miss an episode as well as following all the different forms of social media. Because I'll tweet out a link on all forms of social media every single week. Every single day that we have a show, and this week we're two for two. So that's pretty impressive. We've done four shows in a row now, which is always fun. It's always fun to feel that, that nice feeling where you go like, oh, wow. You, you sit there a couple times like, man, I don't know if I could do a show today. Like, I am tired. I am tired. And I'm not saying like, oh, Logan, I'm so overworked. I'm so overworked. The, the, the amount of work that I do on a day-to-day basis has worn me so tired. I'm not saying that, but I am tired. I, I don't take naps well either. I've never been able to take naps, so maybe I should start picking up that 
especially since, you know, I'm better than all of you and started working out in the morning. So I should probably start taking naps during the day because, or some, like, in the evening or something. Like, I should have taken one before this, but I've got a gaming night with a couple of my friends. I'm meeting up with some friends online, and one of them has never joined us on gaming night. It's one of my super cool moments where I feel super awesome about myself, where I'm like, man, we're going to go on Steam, and we're going to play some random games. We might play Settlers of Catan. And we might also play, like, oh, what's the game called? Scribble.io, not Scribble.io. There's some other games like that, but they're all fun. All in good fun. But I'm excited because Drew has never joined us on one of these. We've done numerous of these. It has been a while since the last one we've done, but yeah, so I couldn't take a nap today because I also have some chicken I want to make, so we'll see how that goes. Last time I cooked chicken in my apartment, it did not very, it did not go very well, but I'm not saying like it went horrifically that bad where the whole place burned down and I had a fire or something. No, no, I'm not saying that. It just didn't taste very good because I burnt the shit out of it because one end was fatter than the other one and it didn't cook all the way through. Now I have a meat pounder. And I'm going to pound the shit. <laughs> uh, it's fun. We're having fun here on this Wednesday edition of Logan Blackman show. And you know what's fun? You know what's one of the most fun feelings in the world? Is when you get like a raise or something. Or you get paid for, for something that you're doing. Like if this show ever got sponsored, we talked about the Labatt sponsorship falling through last week, which is damn shame. Damn shame. But when you have those moments where you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is a great feeling. I am happy now. Like, I'm so thrilled to be doing what I'm doing right now. We have two examples of this happening today. Today. So, the NFL, I believe, I could be I could be wrong about this, the NFL deadline to get contracts signed was 4 o'clock Eastern time today. So, 3 o'clock for us normal people here in the state of Iowa. And I would like to say this. Central time is the best time. Like, what? there is no time that competes with Central time. I didn't realize how much I loved Central time. Until I started going to Bills games in New York. That's where I started actually going, man, Central Time is the shit. Because we were left that Bills game. It was 11 o'clock in the third quarter of that Bills-Dolphins game. 11 o'clock. With a whole day of tail. Like, we have stuff made here in Central Iowa. Like, we don't have anything too early or too late. We have the perfect time. 8 o'clock is late as hell for... A kickoff for a game. Now, I understand, like, I'm sure noon kickoffs would be nice for college football out there. But 11 o'clock ain't that bad either. For Iowa games, it ain't really that bad. It's not ideal. But again, like we talked about before, Big Ten Network primetime games, 11 o'clock Northwestern versus Rutgers. That's a primetime game right there. 11 o'clock Big Ten Network. That's the primo spot in the Big Ten Conference. Which, I cannot wait for USC traveling to Northwestern to take on the Wildcats. On Big Ten Network in November. Like, that is going to be the most insane atmosphere of all time because it's two things that I never thought ever would happen, USC and Northwestern playing each other. I don't know how many times that's happened in the past, but it just feels wrong to happen. It just feels wrong. And they got paid. They got paid a lot to come over to the Big Ten. Like, all these different schools that are moving around, conference realignment, stuff like that, everybody's getting paid. Everybody's getting paid. Athletes getting paid, all that stuff. And the NFL today... Again, like we said before, we have contract deadline day where teams are signing all their contracts. We had a couple of quarterbacks, big-name quarterbacks, sign new contracts, some with new teams, some with their current team. And we'll start off with one guy that I think is truly, truly very happy because we'll, this was not the last – well, we'll start off – we'll go in chronological order. Chronological order, okay? So we'll start off with one of them that was – it's kind of funny 
the more and more you look at it, because <laughs> this is Derek Carr going to the New Orleans Saints. Because I keep telling, we've talked about this on the show before, like, I don't understand how the Saints operate. I never will understand the New Orleans Saints. And I also never understand, like, Derek Carr lovers. Like, we talked about this whole last season, last offseason, where they talked about Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. Colin Coward, I say they, Colin Coward said that Derek Carr was a Hall of Famer. So, like, it is weird to me. Like, this is Derek Carr going to the Saints with this team that's perpetually $55 million under the cap every single, or over the cap, sorry, every single year, and yet still has money to pay players, and is not good enough for a Super Bowl, barely good enough for a division title, and barely good enough for the playoffs, and they're that good all the time. They're that good all the time. They're around six, they're somewhere between seven to ten wins every single year. You can count on that. You can take that to the freaking bank. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. It doesn't matter what talent they have. They're going to go somewhere between seven and ten wins. Maybe. Maybe on a good year 11. This year, with how bad the NFC South is, anybody in that freaking division could win ten games. I could see the division winner winning five games in that division based off what we're going in with this season, what the knowledge that we have going into the season about these teams. But Derek Carr signed a nice little contract with the New Orleans Saints. I don't see, I'm trying to find the exact number for you. Got a four year deal, but I'm trying to find the number of, okay. So we got four years, $150 million, 100 million total guarantees, 60 million at signing. So four years, $150 million. For the quick math wizards out there, that is roughly $37.5 million a year. And Derek Carr, I've said this before, is an all right quarterback. He is nothing bad. He is nothing great. He's just kind of there. Everybody expects him to be this really amazing quarterback, and he's just hes just not. He's, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But I was texting my dad yesterday, and he was listening to a show. I don't remember what show it was. But the guy he was listening to said Derek Carr is now the second best quarterback in the NFC if Rodgers stays. And I was sitting there, and I was looking at that text message he sent me, and I was really confused. I was really confused. I was like, that is more of an indictment on how bad the NFC quarterback quarterbacks are rather than actual Derek Carr's ability. Because if you're ranking, I'm looking at – I searched Derek Carr on Twitter because I was trying to find the numbers of the contract. I'm on a tweet that has Colin Coward talking about – the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFC. Off the top of my head, let's try... Okay, I'm going to try and write this down. But I didn't plan on doing this because I didn't think I'd see this post somewhere. So, NFC quarterbacks. The number one quarterback... Because right now, apparently the New York Jets have sent their representatives to Green Bay to talk with Rodgers. So, we're going to ax Aaron Rodgers out of this, okay? But even if Rodgers was there, even if we're talking... Even if we're including Aaron Rodgers in this list... Jalen Hurts is still the best quarterback currently in the NFC. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. Like, if you want to throw Rodgers in there, fine. I understand it. The guy's won, I think, four MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He won back-to-back MVPs just over a year ago. But based off this year, it has to be Jalen Hurts. The dude was an MVP candidate, finished second in the MVP voting, was the best player on the field regardless of team in the Super Bowl, broke records in the Super Bowl while doing it, should have been, arguably, the second ever player in NFL history to win a Super Bowl MVP on the losing team. Like, Jalen Hurts has to be the number one guy in the NFC this year. Has to be. Going from what we know from last year to this year, has to be. And number two, okay, we'll include Aaron Rodgers. Because Rodgers would be two. Rodgers would be two if he stays in Green Bay. 
If he stays in Green Bay, then yeah, I'm perfectly content with going like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you could be the second best quarterback still in the NFC. But you're not the best. You're not the best right now. And then you're looking at other quarterbacks in the like that. Then it gets really wonky. It gets really, really wonky because Brady retired, obviously. But there's so many, all the talent in the NFL in regards to quarterbacks is in the AFC. All of it. All of it. Like you look at the Pro Bowl list, like when they first announced them, when the show Brady was on, we talked about the Pro Bowl list. The Pro Bowl AFC quarterbacks were Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Burrow. The NFC, I believe at the time, was Hurts, Geno, and I. it was Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins. I can't remember which one. But it was an abysmal quarterback group. Like, you're comparing these quarterbacks. How are you comparing these? It doesn't make sense to me at all. And then you look at some of the other top quarterbacks in the NFL. Like Matt Stafford. Do, is Matt Stafford considered up there with this? Because it, it's healthy Matt Stafford. It's healthy Matt Stafford. Because Matt Stafford had a spinal contusion. So we don't know what, what he's going to come back looking like. We got, like, Kyler Murray there as well. Who, with the Cardinals injured like if we're going off current starters in the nfc kyler's not a starter in the nfc currently because he's torn his acl he's not gonna be the starter when the cardinals open their season up in august or september so who are we gonna put for the cardinals they're gonna go out and sign somebody they're gonna draft a late round guy who the hell knows on his day yeah he's easily a top 10 guy but who knows about right now and then maybe you go like like you got Dak available with the cowboys Dak's definitely going to be up there. I think Dak's talented. I think Dak is slightly overrated by some people out there. I think, I, I shouldn't say, like, to the vast majority of people, I think everybody kind of understands what Dak is. He's kind of another version of Derek Carr. Uh, they're fine. They're both decently athletic. Both got paid large sums of money, which was way more than what they what their talent says they are. Like, he's not he's not this insane, insane quarterback. And then you're looking at, like, Jared Goff. Does Jared Goff, can keep can he keep going on what he was doing last year? Does Jared Goff continue to be that guy? And you know what? I'm going to be nice to Jared Goff. I'm going to put him above Dak. I'm going to put him above Dak. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put Jared Goff above Dak. And then you're looking at, like, Kirk. Where's Kirk Cousins coming in all of this? Where does last season Geno Smith come into all of this? Because last season Geno Smith is better than Dak Prescott. So then you got to go, well, are we going to judge it off just last season? Are we going to judge it off what they can be or what we're expecting them to do next year? Because if you're looking at it like this, you can make a very solid enough argument to where Dirk Carr going into the season. Now, again, Rodgers is the question mark here. We can ax off Rodgers. Okay, we'll, we'll move Rodgers on. We'll move Rodgers off. Here, looking at like the eighth best quarterback in the NFC. Maybe sixth. If you want to argue it between Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith, I think Kirk I think Kirk on his day is the best out of the three. I think Kirk on his day. I think Derek Carr is more brash than Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is cringy, so a lot of people don't really like that or like that, as Kirk Cousins would like you to say. But Derek Carr is just a fine enough quarterback. He's fine. He's a serviceable enough quarterback. The Raiders gave him an exorbitant amount of money to make him an insanely high player. He breaks his leg, and it's not really the same since then. But, like, he's just a fine quarterback. Like, I can make an argument, Dak, Justin Fields. I would take Justin Fields over Derek Carr. Like, I know that's a little bit of a projection, but I love Justin Fields. 
Justin Fields is freaking awesome. I liked him coming out of college. We talked about that game against Clemson. It's one of the most gutsy performances of all time where he broke his ribs. Or I think it was Ben Bolware, decked him in the ribs, and he went off, and I think there were six touchdowns in that game. Like, for people that sit there and tell me Justin Fields is a running back or Justin Fields can't throw a football, just watch that game. He shouldn't have been able to throw some of the passes he did with the injury that he had. On the side that the injury happened on, he shouldn't be able to make throws like that. And yet he was. Like, Derek Carr, he, I, I will give him this. He's the best quarterback in his division, currently. He is currently the best quarterback in the NFC South. Because you're competing with Desmond Ritter, Sam, Sam Darnold, and Kyle Trask. Currently. Those are the starters for the three other NFC, NFC South teams. Like, is he right now? I So we're going to, the quarterbacks I guarantee are better than Derek Carr, to me, to me, are Jalen. Then based off, like, what we know of them, I'd say Matt Stafford's better than him. Kyler Murray's better than him. Jared Goff currently is better than him. Jared Goff's playing insane football right now. Dak, I would say, is better than Derek Carr. Kirk, I would say, is better than Derek Carr. Geno, you can make an argument that he's better than Derek Carr, but we're only going off one year. We're really going off one year. He got an extension as well. He got a nice little extension this year as well. And then Derek. Like, like you're going with like six, maybe five. You're guarantee, I'm guaranteeing you five. And I might even guarantee you six. Because I think Kirk might be just that tad bit better than Derek Carr. He's just a lot more cringy than Carr, so people just don't like him like that. Then Gino, again, we're going off one year. If we're going off last year, Gino's better than he's in the top five of this conversation. If we're going off based solely off last year, if you're looking at what they did in the Pro Bowl too, because all three of those guys like Kirk, Gino, uh, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, all those guys were in the Pro Bowl together. Gino was the best one out of those guys. Kirk had the game-winning touchdown drive at the end, but Gino was the best in that entire game out of the guys. And then Justin Fields, I think, is up there too. And then with Geno Smith, we'll talk about him next. There's another guy I'm not talking about for strategic reasons. I'm I'm specifically not talking about one individual yet. But Geno Smith got a nice little three-year contract extension. Three-year, $105 million contract. So if you can do the quick math on that one, that is $35 million a year. So just under what Derek Carr is making right now in in, uh, New Orleans. And I think what's funny, I I was going to mention this about Derek Carr. I think this is so funny. They were going to trade him. They were going to trade him. And he had that meeting down in New Orleans. You remember that? He had that little meeting down in New Orleans. And he went back to Vegas and said, don't trade him, just cut me. Because he said something about, like, there's more respect in getting cut than trade or something. That was 100% strategic. He knew exactly where he was going. And he just didn't want the Saints to give up any picks to get him. They already got a first-round pick for Sean Payton, giving him to Denver. They didn't need to give up more picks to get Derek Carr. So Derek was like, hey, let's keep the picks, and we'll draft and build a very strong team around this. He's got good pieces around him. We'll see what the future holds for Alvin Kamara, because I think he did did, did uh, officially get charged in a, for that when he beat up the dude in Vegas, or wasn't it in Vegas? Whatever the Pro Bowl was two years ago, like right after the game or something, right before the game or something like that. But he's also got, like, Chris Olave down there, who had a very, very good rookie season. Then you've got Michael Thomas, whoever know, who the hell knows if he's going to play again, but you got him still there. you got a good offensive line, solid enough offensive line. you got solid enough defense. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they do with the other quarterbacks on the roster, like Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. I'm intrigued to see how they utilize them because Derek Carr 
when he was in Vegas two years ago, it, Mariota would come in randomly and do like running plays. And it worked decently well for the Raiders at that point, so I would imagine they'd keep Taysom Hill because they have that weird relationship with Taysom Hill. I don't understand their whole relationship with Taysom Hill. It doesn't it doesn't really make sense to me. I think he's fine, but I'm old enough to remember when people said that he was their version of Lamar Jackson. They used their version of Lamar Jackson. The only difference is Taysom Hill, I think, got a contract extension last year. Lamar Jackson got franchise tagged. Non-exclusive franchise tagged, though. Like, There's not really a lot to talk about a Geno Smith's contract. Like, Geno Smith deserved to get paid. Geno Smith deserved to have a contract extension. Geno Smith put forth a great... He set franchise records in passing yards this year for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, I don't, Geno Smith, like, the whole thing that before the season started or after the Broncos game, the haters wrote me, but I didn't write back or something like that. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back or something. Like, that was a sick-ass quote. And he played well this year. He played really well this year. And he got the Seahawks to the playoffs when people expected them to be competing for a number one overall pick. Like, you didn't think going into the season that the Seahawks, after trading Russell Wilson, who is still, regardless of what you think about him, the greatest quarterback, ah, I don't know. about. Okay, you know what? You know what? There's going to be some Seahawks fans out there that say Zorn's better. So we're going we're gonna to hold that one. We're going to hold that one. I think people's uh, opinions about Russell Wilson have changed drastically since he's gone to Denver, and rightfully so. He sucked in Denver, and then all the stuff that comes out after leaving Seattle, I can see why a lot of people don't like Russell Wilson anymore. So maybe Jim Zorn is the greatest quarterback in Seattle Seahawks history, but to me, Russell Wilson is. But when you trade the arguably the greatest quarterback in your franchise's history to another team, and you keep the backup in that has not played consistently since his second year in the league, essentially, and you're going to tell me that, yeah, that guy is going to lead this team to the playoffs, not only not compete for the number one pick, and yet the, the funny thing is they have a top five pick. Still, they have a top five pick. And it's the Broncos pick. Like, if you would have told me there were two picks, the Seahawks had two first-round picks. If you would have told me this before the season started, and the top five pick was the Broncos pick, I would have called you crazy. I would have called you absolutely crazy. I would have never seen that happen. Same thing goes for the Lions. Because they have the sixth pick and the 18th pick. If you told me the sixth pick was the Rams pick, fresh off them winning the Super Bowl, one of the worst Super Bowl hangovers I've ever seen in my entire life, regardless of injuries and stuff like that, insane Super Bowl hangover, like, I would have called you crazy. So, I, Geno Smith getting that contract extension, I think, is warranted, based off what he's done. I don't know the long-term st- uh, stability about that. That's why a lot of people have linked Anthony Richardson to the Seattle Seahawks, because Anthony Richardson is, like we've talked about before, is not going to go in right away and light the world alight. Like, he's not going to go in there and be and say, he could, he very well could. But I think learning from a guy that's been around the league forever, like Geno Smith is, I think he's 32 years old. He's been in the Seattle Seahawks franchise for about five years, six years maybe. He's been around the, regardless, he's been around the Seahawks organization for the past few years now. So that would be a nice little stepping stone for him. I think the Lions would be the same thing there as well. We've talked about the Lions and they're picking six. Maybe they want Richardson. But you got the Panthers and Colts who are also going to be linked with him as well. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Talk about the draft in a little bit. But I brought up Lamar because Lamar didn't get a new contract extension. And if you're going off what these guys can do at their best, Lamar is a uh, yeah. Lamar is easily the best. This is a guy, and I keep bringing this up because I think it's important to reiterate this. Lamar is the second ever unanimous MVP in NFL history, and I know a lot of people out there dog on Lamar Jackson because he's an inconsistent passer. I don't give a rat's ass if he's an inconsistent passer. You want to know why? And I've said this on the show about a thousand times. The dude can do things on a football field that literally, not figuratively, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, 
This this dude can do things on the football field that no one else in the NFL can do. The Ravens' whole offensive scheme, their whole offensive setup is, hey, Lamar, go do something. Like, the only, like, they've had tried to draft receivers in the first round. They've tried, but they traded Marquise Brown to Arizona, somehow recouped a first-round pick for that. Don't know how that happened. When A.J. Brown went for a similar stock, and they got Tyler Linderbaum out of it, which was a really good deal for them. And they got Rashad Bateman, who just can't stay healthy. Rashad Bateman could be good, but who the hell knows? But Lamar Jackson is, like we talk about with uh, like Russell Wilson arguably being the greatest. Lamar Jackson is the greatest quarterback in Ravens history. He's the greatest friend. He's the greatest quarterback in Ravens history. And you could throw the Super Bowl at me with Joe Flacco. I do not care. I do not care. If you tell me Lamar Jackson had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, you're telling me he wouldn't have won a Super Bowl or Terrell Suggs? Who would they have in the Haloti Nada? You're going to tell me. You're going to sit there with a straight face and tell me Lamar Jackson's not winning the Super Bowl with that team. Anquan Bolden at wide receiver? Like, Lamar, come on. You're just being stupid if you think Lamar Jackson's not winning the Super Bowl with that team. Now, I know we're playing ifs, ands, and buts, but. Who the hell cares? Lamar Jackson is better at any point in his career right now injured than Joe Flacco was. And I know their whole memes about Joe Flacco being elite and stuff like that. I understand that. I think it's funny. It's fun to see that stuff. I love seeing Joe Flacco come into games with the Jets. I think it's hilarious. But come on. This is the greatest quarter, not player, not player. I got to be careful. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the greatest player in Ravens history. Greatest quarterback in Ravens history. And you're franchising ta- you're franchise tagging him. And you're not even giving the exclusive. You're... So, team, essentially, what happened with this whole thing is that they can trade for him. They can trade for him. They put a, they officially put a $32.41 million non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. So, that $32.41, that is less than Geno, and that is less than Derek Carr. Lamar Jackson, healthy or not, is better than both of them. And I can slightly, slightly understand the Ravens' hesitancy, kind of, to a certain extent, because of the fact Lamar has been hurt the past two years, essentially. But your whole offense is rebuilt off the back of Lamar Jackson. Like, this is my, the, the, the when people talk about system quarterbacks, system quarterbacks, the system does not work if the, if the quarterback is not there. You can try and run a system, it doesn't mean it's going to work every single time. Like, Bill Walton didn't have success in the NFL until he got Joe Montana. And you could say Jerry Rice made Joe Montana. Joe Montana won Super Bowls without Jerry Rice. He won two Super Bowls without him. Or three. Three Super Bowls without him. Because Jerry Rice has two Super Bowl rings. He won one with Steve Young. He has three Super Bowl rings without Jerry Rice. Look at all the success the Patriots have had since Tom Brady left. Bunch of success. Made the playoffs one of the last three years. Great success. Got ass blasted by the Bills in the last time they made the playoffs. The first and only time they made the playoffs. Like, this offensive scheme that the Ravens run is for Lamar Jackson. They did not run this offense before Lamar Jackson got there. The only quarterback that makes this system work is Lamar Jackson. Because like we said before, there is no other quarterback in the NFL that can do what Lamar Jackson could do running the football. Josh Allen can do similar things. Jalen Hurts can do similar things. And Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen can run over people. Lamar can't do that. But Lamar is the most electrifying person on the field at all times. They said the same thing about Vic. If you see eleven by if you see eleven guys bad, they're not covering you. Run if you need to. Lamar holds the NFL record for rushing yards in a season. Justin Fields came close to that this year, but didn't get it. Justin Fields can do similar things to Lamar Jackson, but they're not Lamar Jackson. 
Lamar Jackson is insane. And he's getting franchise tagged. So basically what this is saying is Lamar Jackson's gone. Lamar Jackson's gone. I have a hard time really sitting here and believing that Lamar Jackson is going to be the Baltimore Ravens quarterback at the start of the season. And unless you're going to change your offensive system again, I don't know who they brought in as their offensive coordinator. I haven't seen it because they were linked heavily with Eric Bieniemy, but he's obviously in Washington. I don't remember who they, who they bring in. Who did they bring in? Uh, hold on. I'm trying to find if they if they have brought anybody in. I haven't seen anything about them getting linked to positions and stuff like that. Unless I completely missed it. Oh, Todd Monken. Yeah, the George office coordinator. Yeah, I knew that. I did know that. Jeez. <coughs> Sorry, I'm drinking a Pepsi Zero Sugar Dot sponsored. It's still Pepsi Max to me. I don't care. Wow. Because Todd Monken, a lot of people in Buffalo wanted Todd Monken to replace Ken Dorsey. Because they wanted the Bills to do that, um, go back to college, dip their hand back in college and get a guy from there. Because that worked with Brian Dable, so it's obviously going to work another time. So the Ravens' two coordinators got pulled straight from college football. Mike McDonald, he got from Michigan, but he came from the Ravens. So he's a Harbaugh guy. He's like Brian Ferentz. He's a Ferentz guy. He went to Belichick, who coached Ferentz in Cleveland, and then he went back to Ferentz. Went back to dad. He's basically like that. He went to New England for a little bit, came back to dad. Now he's the OC at Iowa. And now he got those awesome, super awesome uh, stipulations contract. But T. Martin, I kind of forget about this. T. Martin's the quarterback coach in Baltimore. He was the receivers coach. T. Martin uh, was drafted by the Steelers when the the whole Brady Six thing. He was drafted before Tom Brady. He won a natty at Tennessee, though. Won a natty there. Willie Taggart's the running back coach? I forgot about Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart was a very weird coach. Very weird coach. Willie Taggart has kind of kind of built a reputation on once he left South Florida being the guy that was like, if you have an organization, a program that's doing really well, you should hire Willie Taggart because it's going to tank. And now he's a running backs coach. Who else they got on here? Mike Devlin. That name sounds familiar. He's an Iowa guy. He's an Iowa guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch him play, obviously. And he's a Bills legend, of course. Who else do we got on here on the Ravens? We got John Harbaugh, obviously. Unless I'm completely missing someone. But either way, like, how can you really franchise tag Lamar Jackson? I don't understand that. I don't know what their whole situation is in regards to who's off on what numbers or how off they are on numbers. But Lamar Jackson getting franchise tag, you basically just said we're going to try somewhere else. Who are you replacing him with? Who are you replacing him with? And who are you trading him to? That's the big thing. We can look at this franchise tag all we want. The reality is he's probably gone. He's probably gone. Two first-round draft picks is needed for him. And is Lamar Jackson worth two first-round draft picks? Yes. If a top-10 quarterback and a former NFL MVP isn't worth two draft pick, two first-round draft picks, I don't know who is. And there's going to be a numerous amount of teams that are linked with him. I just saw today the Atlanta Falcons are not linked with Lamar Jackson. Because there are a lot of things. I know the, the connection with Lamar Jackson would be really cool to see. Everybody will want to see Lamar down in Atlanta, but... Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, seems to have be a really big fan of uh, Desmond Ritter, the second year court, soon to be second year quarterback from Cincinnati, who showed glimpses of what he can be next year, and I don't think they're ready to give up on that. So Lamar, maybe he goes to Atlanta next year if he stays in Baltimore. If big if he stays in Baltimore this year, but the teams you're looking at for Lamar, like the Dolphins, would make sense. He's from that area. People are going to link him there a bunch, but Mike McDaniel has come out and said that, hey, Tua's our guy. Now, they're linked with Tom Brady, so we'll see if that comes through, but I think Tom Brady's done. I don't, I, 
I'd be surprised if Tom Brady comes back. I see he tweeted something today because people were like, oh, Tom Brady might not be done. He's linked with the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel said that he's fine with Tua. And they have their whole thing about tank for Tua. They hired Brian Flores to keep Tua. I don't see them hiring, firing Brian, Brian Flores to keep Tua and then getting rid of Tua the next year. Or like trying to find a consistent, uh, like a follow-up plan to Tua. Who the hell knows what's going on there? The Jets will be linked with him heavily, but I think they're going after Aaron Rodgers, which has been the whole thing this entire offseason. I saw a lot of things of uh, Derek Carr getting linked to the Jets. I never really thought that was the case. I thought the Jets were going with the Garoppolo or Rodgers. And the Raiders, if it was like, if the Raiders get one, the Jets will get the other one. But it was, uh, it seemed way more likely that the Garoppolo would go to Vegas and Rodgers would go to the Jets because of the whole connection with Josh McDaniels. They've been linked a little bit with Mac Jones, so that would be interesting. Because if that happens, there's going to be people linking him with the Patriots anyways. There's going to be some people linking it, linking uh, Lamar Jackson and the Patriots. Like, you see what Bill O'Brien did with Bryce Young down in Alabama, that kind of offense. Maybe that's what they want to do with uh, with Lamar in, uh, in New England. Maybe that would be a case. I don't know. I don't think that would happen, but maybe it does. Maybe he wants to go in division. Maybe he wants to go to the Steelers. Maybe that's the case. But you look at the AFC South, I don't see anybody there. I don't think he'd go to Tennessee. Tennessee seems like they're tanking. Tennessee seems like they're going after Caleb Williams next year. They, they're, they've cut Bud Dupree. They cut Taylor Lewan. They're in talks to trade Derrick Henry. That team's tanking. They are tanking for the number one pick last year, next year to get Caleb Williams. Because you look at the rest of that division, the Texans and Colts and Jaguars will all have young QBs, and they're going to be stuck with Ryan Tannehill. Because it's obvious they don't believe in Malik Willis long-term. So they're going to try and tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. Or Cade McNamara. Who the hell knows? Like, who's, who's going to tell me that Cade McNamara is not going to win the, be the number one overall pick next year? Who the hell knows? This revolutionary Iowa offense, who the hell knows? But they're tanking. They're, they're tanking. So they ain't trading for Lamar. Then you got the AFC West. No one's in there. No one trading for Lamar in there. NFC East, Washington. That's going to be the team that links pretty heavily there because they have Sam Howell as their current starting quarterback. Currently, we'll see if that actually holds true. I know PFT commenter once. I mean, if you're if you're a team with questionable quarterback situation, why the hell not would you want Lamar? Why would you not want Lamar Jackson? Like, there's nothing really like. There's not really any negative traits about Lamar except that he's maybe a little bit injury prone. And there's going to be some people out there like, I don't want to spend two first-round draft picks on a guy that's not going to play. The, I think, though, in that case, the positives vastly outweigh the negatives in that whole situation with Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. And Washington would be fun. Eric Bieniemy's there. We already talked about them being heavily linked with Eric B- Baltimore being heavily linked with Bieniemy. So maybe he goes to Washington. That would make sense for me. You look at the NFC North. Don't really see anybody in there. NFC South, not the Falcons. Don't see the Panthers doing that. Looks like they're trading for or drafting a quarterback. The Bucks, don't really see that one either. NFC West, no one in there. So the realistic options for Lamar Jackson at this point in time, if you're trying to like nail down the most spots, number one still Baltimore. I know I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore this start next season. And I don't know who the hell they're going to try and replace him with because no team in the top 10 is going to trade him, trade for him. So you're getting the best pick, really. So you got the Jets pick at 13 if they don't get Rodgers. For some reason, they don't get Rodgers. And you got the Commanders pick at 16. Like, if you're, are you going to go try and get someone next year? Or are you going to try and stick it out with Anthony Brown? Or Tyler Huntley? Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. I don't know how the hell that dude got in a Pro Bowl. I have, that makes zero sense to me. So I, I mean, the, the problem with this is I don't know what other direction the Ravens go. Do you want to completely revamp your offense again? 
You want to try that again? Because you went that from Flacco to Lamar. Now you're going to go from Lamar to someone else. I, I don't know. I don't know who their who their main target is. If the, if it's not Lamar Jackson, I don't know where they go. If they really believe that much in Tyler Huntley, who's a free agent, so they're going to have to re-sign Huntley, and they're going to have Anthony Brown on the roster. You ain't going with Anthony Brown for a full season. I, I'm sorry to the Anthony Brown fans out there. That ain't happening. So Washington, I think, would make the most sense out of these teams. Because you look at every team in the NFL. You look at every single team in the NFL. Out of the teams that have questionable quarterback situations, I don't really see the Patriots trading for Lamar. And I don't really see them, at this point, leaving Mac Jones. I know there's a, a it's a fragile relationship at this point in time, but I don't, I don't see that happening. Jets are going for Rodgers. Look at the uh, AFC South. The Texans and Colts are drafting quarterbacks. AFC West are going to try and stick it out with Russell Wilson in Denver, even though it sounds like Sean Payton don't like him. And then Vegas are going after Garoppolo. Then you got the NFC East, the Commanders. There's your, your there's your possible one. NFC North, no one there. Packers are probably just going to stick it out with Jordan Love. I mean, they have to. They have to. NFC South, not happening there, apparently. And then you got the NFC West. Nothing has been happening there. So your most likely spot for Lamar is Washington, probably. That's the only team out of every single team that we mentioned that's either A, not drafting a quarterback, or has, or either B, has a quarterback that's they're viewing or someone that they're in extensive talks with, like the Jets with the Rodgers or the Vegas Raiders with Garoppolo or stuff like that. Like that that's your problem here. Washington has not talked with anybody. Washington's in the 16th pick, so they're not really in a range to draft a high-value quarterback. The top four guys will be off the board at that point. So when you're looking at Washington, that's the most logical sense for Lamar Jackson. If he gets traded, again, I think the two most logical spots for Lamar are Baltimore and Washington. If I had to name right now. So he wouldn't be moving very far. He wouldn't be moving very far. So that's that's good. Washington could use a nice little lift up there. If they got Lamar Jackson, that'd be really nice for the, the for the fan base there. And Daniel Snyder has been an aggressive-ass owner in his time. Like, when he wants a quarterback, he'll go up and get him. So I would not be surprised if he was one of the guys that would eventually move for Lamar Jackson. So Washington is the, the, the breadwinner, I guess you could say. We'll see what happens with Miami, too, because I think that one could be a logical one because, again, he's from that area. So maybe that's an option there. But I would hate that. So you're looking at an NFC, AFC East next year, possibly with Lamar in Miami and Rodgers in Jersey. Like, that is, like, so chaotic. And then you got Josh Allen, and then you got Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or whoever the hell the Patriots have. But, like, Tom Brady with the with the Dolphins. Like, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. But the final one, the final quarterback to talk about here, goes by the name of Daniel Jones. Or as I found out about an hour ago, I have never heard this. Maybe I'm just ignorant to this. Maybe uh, maybe I maybe I'm just ignorant to. Maybe I just never noticed it before. This is on NFL Films official Instagram page, which is a great follow. I love NFL Films. If you don't if you don't watch NFL Films, I would vastly recommend it. It's one of the greatest gifts, God's gifts to Earth. But this caption on this tweet, so it's talking about Daniel Jones signing his new contract extension. And it says, get used to more Vanilla Vic on Big Blue. Who the hell has ever called... Am I... Am I... Am I been not noticing that? Is that a name that gets thrown around a lot? Because I have never heard that name before in my freaking life. Vanilla Vic? I've heard Danny Dimes. I've heard Derpy Dimes. Like, I've heard all the different names for Daniel Jones. I have not... Oh, oh, what is this? 
11 minutes ago. Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, Commanders, and Raiders are all reportedly not in Lamar. Not in Lamar. Or in for Lamar, I would imagine. All these teams making it known they won't pursue Lamar Jackson is very odd, especially those teams who don't have a QB1 on the roster. It doesn't cost, doesn't cost anything to talk to them. I'm, yeah, okay, that's, this is confusing. This is very confusing. The commanders aren't in for him? Or he's talking to him? That's odd. That's odd. With Daniel Jones getting a four-year, $160 million contract, 40 mil a year. 40 mil a year. Lamar's franchise tax, 32. Geno Smith's 35. Derek Carr's 37. Daniel Jones is 40. 40 mil. Four-year, $60 million extension. That is insane. The problem is, though, is that I don't think Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. I don't. I've defended Daniel Jones quite a bit on this show, actually. Like I've said numerous times this show, you could go back to last year, you could go back to the season before that. I've always said that he's got the athletic ability. He's got the 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 tra- not traits, but he's got the ability to be a franchise guy. He's got that ability to him. It was just a matter of can he put it all together? Because every time you think he does something good, he takes a step back. Like you have this awesome run against the Eagles and he trips over his own feet. Or you have this awesome run and he fumbles. Like there's odd there's moments where you're like, wow, Danny Jones can be a good guy in the NFL, can be a franchise starter, and then he does something stupid. It's like, dude, figure your shit out. And this year was probably the, well, not probably, this was the best version of Daniel Jones to have. And it's so funny that it, this is like the contract year, Daniel Jones. Are we having another Fitzpatrick on our hands? Where, like, he plays good on a contract year, signs the contract, and doesn't do anything the next year? Is that what we're having here? Because I have a very hard time believing, though I've defended Daniel Jones, I have a very hard time believing this dude's a $40 million quarterback. The problem is, the problem is, that there's no middle ground for quarterbacks. There's no middle quarterback ground. And when he's a young quarterback, his first contract, young, 25 years old, around 25 years old, I don't remember how old he is exactly, but young quarterback, franchise guy, you think he is, they're wanting 35 mil. He's apparently wanting 45, which if he wanted 45, which I respect him for going, I I respect him for shooting for the stars. I respect the hell out of him for shooting for the stars because, hey, the worst they could say is no. My dad, we had a job bid over in Dubuque, and my dad didn't want it. My dad didn't want it. So they, he sent them an astronomical bid, an astronomical bid, and they agreed on it. They agreed to it. And when we delivered the washout bin over to Dubuque, which was East Dubuque, which is in Illinois, dropped the bin off. They thought they were getting a bag. So imagine what the offer would have been if they knew they were, they probably were like, oh my God, we got this for that? What was their what was their mindset with that? But like the worst you could do, like you get this big number. You, the once they said they got the bag, they were expecting a bag. Then it was like, oh, well, we should have offered even more. So it's a, yeah, it's <laughs> all you can do is just go for the big number. Like I want to get paid Josh Allen money. Dale, Brian Dable worked with Josh Allen in Buffalo, so hey, there's the connection there. Maybe he likes me. Maybe he thinks I'm like Josh Allen. 45 mil for Danny. So they settled right in the middle. They were going for 45. Giants won 35. They got 40. Four years, 160 million. Is an insane contract for Daniel Jones. Insane contract. Again, I think Daniel Jones is fine. I think Daniel Jones is fine. I think he's an all right enough quarterback. He doesn't do anything particularly special, but he can move. And he's got a decent arm. But he's just derpy. He's derpy dimes. But this dude threw 15 touchdowns last year. 
15 touchdowns. Tied for 21st in the league. I understand he threw only five interceptions last year. I understand that. But he threw 15 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes threw 41. Josh Allen threw 35. These are guys that have similar-ish contracts in regards to yearly number to him. 45 and 45 for Josh. Around that for both those guys. Geno had 30. 30 touchdowns this year. Daniel Jones had less passing touchdowns this year than Dak Prescott and Lamar, who both played 12 games this year. He had less passing touchdowns than Tua, who played 13. He had as many passing touchdowns as Marcus Mariota. He had one less passing touchdown than Jimmy Garoppolo, who wasn't the starter this season. Going into the season, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the starter. And he gets paid 40 mil a year. 40 mil. And he played 16 games. It's fun. It's sad to look at this. Once you get past Russell Wilson, who had 15, he played 15 games this year, every quarterback below that, no one comes close to playing 16 games. Oh, Taysom Hill, but he's not a quarterback, so that doesn't count. Taysom Hill's listed as a tight end. But like all these quarterbacks that are around Daniel Jones in regards to passing touchdown numbers. Matt Ryan played 12 games, had 14 touchdowns. Kyler Murray tore his ACL, played 11 games, had 14 touchdowns. Mac Jones played 14, had 14 touchdowns. Tannehill had two less touchdowns. Brock Purdy played nine games and had two less touchdowns than Daniel Jones. Taylor Heineke had 12 passing touchdowns. Carson Wentz had 11 passing touchdowns this year. And again, I understand Jimmy Garoppolo, or Daniel Jones threw five interceptions, but Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's younger, He's younger and can run. So I guess there's that's where the 40 mil came in. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the contract because it's so... It, it, the problem is there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground for these like mid-table quarterbacks. Because Daniel Jones is not an upper echelon quarterback like he's getting paid. But that's the money we're getting with the NFL. It's, a, it's one of those things where he could have reset the market. But I don't know if this is even like... It's like the Christian Kirk thing. Like, why is Christian Kirk getting paid this much money? So everybody gets pissed off about it. Why is Daniel Jones getting paid $40 million? So, like, what are the what are the Chargers going to give Herbert? What are the Bengals going to give Burrow? What are the Eagles going to give Jalen Hurts, who was in Daniel Jones' – or no, those – never mind, Daniel Jones the year before. What's Drew Locke going to get? <laughs> but, man, I – they, they brought that deal up two minutes before the deadline. And I did see a tweet earlier. It was like, how much of that contract is going to Ed Donatel? Because that contract got Daniel Jones' extension. That that game against the Minnesota Vikings allowed Daniel Jones to ask for this much money. It's a ridiculous amount of money, but he played his ass off in that game. That's the best game of his career. He had less touchdowns. He had uh, nine less touchdowns this year than he did his rookie year. And that's when people were talking about he wasn't a good quarterback in the NFL. Nine less touchdowns, three more games. And now, from that point to now, he has elevated himself to 40 mil a year. That is crazy to me. That is crazy. You might like him. And I like Daniel Jones. Again, I like him. I don't love him. I'm not getting married to Daniel Jones. So this is going to be very intriguing to see how this affects the Giants long term. They franchise tag Saquon Barkley today. Because they couldn't afford, they were talking about trying to give Daniel Jones thirty five, and they're going to give Saquon some other contract. But they can't afford to pay Saquon, so they franchise tagged him. So we'll see where Saquon goes next year. 
Because I don't think he's going to come back next year. But like that game against the Vikings, 301 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 78 yards on the ground. That's what got him 40 mil a year. Because he didn't do anything this regular season that made you go, yep, that's $30 million, or $40 million quarterback. Thank you, Ed Donatel, for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones had one game where he passed for over 300 yards in the regular season. I, I didn't even realize this. The two best games of Daniel Jones last season were both against the Vikings. Oh, he threw over, okay, he threw over 300 yards against the Lions, too. But that's, that's not saying it. These are the two worst defense in the NFL last year, the only two games Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards. The entire season. The only two times. And the only two times he even sniffed it, too. Like, the other times he was, the next closest game to 300 yards for Daniel Jones was 228 against Dallas. That's the next closest. Unless I'm completely missing a number here. I'm on his game log from last year. 228 is the next closest 300 yards. That's 40 mil a year. That's 40 mil. Giants, you can like Daniel Jones all you want. You ain't marrying that. You ain't marrying that. Because unlike the Ravens with Lamar, there's no quite you you can find another option that's way less than forty million dollars a year. You could have tried to franchise tag him. I don't know if that would have worked out, but you could have tried to franchise tag him. Forty mil a year. For a guy who had three three hundred yard passing games last year. And I understand a lot of that can go down to like hell. They lost two of those games. So some of those games could have just gone down to they're losing, trying to come back, and lose. Like 334 yards against the Vikings, 341 yards against the Lions. In those two games where he threw for over 300 yards, he had two touchdowns and three interceptions. And this is, we're not forget, we're remembering the fact that the Lion, the Giants almost capitulated and won two games out of the last, since November 13th. Like they started off really, really good. Record-wise, there was a three-game stretch early portion of the season where Daniel Jones didn't have a passing touchdown. Threw zero passing touchdowns. Granted, he only threw one interception in those three games, but he didn't have a single passing touchdown against the Cowboys, Bears, and Packers. 40 mil. That is insane. Vanilla Vic. Vanilla Vic. That is the most insane nickname I've ever heard. <laughs> now, granted, granted, he did have 708 rushing yards this year. And compared to the other quarterbacks in the NFL, what did that rank? Where did that rank quarterback-wise? So number one quarterback was Justin Fields, obviously. We know that. Then we have... Can I go just position? I can't. Screw you, ESPN. Then we have... I have my glasses on, so I could see this now. Then Lamar. And then Josh. Lamar and Josh were two yards apart in rushing yards. Similar-ish totals as well. Josh had 12 more carries than Lamar did. And then you've got Jalen Hurts. And then there's Daniel Jones. There's Daniel Jones. So if you want to use rushing numbers, then maybe you have a case there. Because he definitely does. Like, he doesn't even come close to any of these guys' passing numbers either. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, if you put up 1,100 rushing yards like Justin Fields did, then maybe I have a, you have a case for him. But I don't know, man. Just, like, and I understand his receivers were bad. I understand the Giants had no receiving core whatsoever. So maybe they're going to try and draft some receivers. I don't know. But, I don't know, 40 mil's a lot. I, I cannot wrap my head around that. Like, that is an insane number to me. 40 mil for Danny Dimes. Derpy Dimes. Whatever you want to call him, 40 mil. A lot of money. A lot of money. And Lamar's sitting there on the franchise tag. And I this reporting thing is weird. All out on Lamar deals. So he's going to return to Baltimore, agree to deal, fully guaranteed because Steven Ross sticks to <laughs> sticks it to the NFL with Miami after a draft, after the draft. So who the hell knows? 
So I, I, I don't know what's going on with this. So he's going to, so take back what I said earlier. Take back what I said earlier. He's going to be back in Baltimore this season. He's going to be back. He's going to be back in Baltimore because apparently every team in the NFL is out on Lamar Jackson. Every single team is out, apparently, according to reports. And then uh, then you got Rodgers going to the, the Jets. Because, again, like we said before, I'm not going to talk about a ton about Aaron Rodgers because, as we learned last week or however many weeks ago, no one knows anything about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even really know. But Aaron Rodgers sure as hell enjoys it. But the Jets sent their brass to Green Bay to go and talk to him. So he's just following a, grand, uh, Aaron, a Brett Favre career trajectory at this point. So he's going to the Jets and then uh, getting traded to the Jets. And he's going to retire. And he's going to go to – which team should he go to? The Vikings? I mean, who the hell knows how long Kirk's going to have left in Minnesota? I think they should draft a guy, like, later. I'm not saying, like, an early-round pick. Like, th- third or fourth rounder, maybe. Like, I could see them going after Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker to the Vikings makes sense. Like, in the third round? Who who knows where Hendon Hooker's draft stock is going to be after his 20 ACL? Because he could be a really fun quarterback in Minnesota. That could be really fun. Watch him and Kevin O'Connell work together, Justin Jefferson. See if Dalvin Cook stays. They need to draft a corner first, in my opinion, but this is weird. NFL contracts are weird, man. And Lamar's not getting in. No one's in for Lamar. Why is everybody just reporting Lamar Jack not going in on them? Why is that coming out so frequently? Like, they're not going in for Lamar Jackson. The, the Atlanta Falcons even retweeted a tweet from Scott Bear. Reports Falcons will not pursue Lamar Jackson. They ret- The official Falcons account retweeted that. I don't know, man. That is weird. Scott Bear is a, apparently, is he a Falcons reporter? He is. Digital, digital, what is it? Digital managing editor. Mock draft 3.0. Falcons mock draft 3.0. What does he have? Bears picking one. I'm looking at his mock draft. Let's see how good his... His mock draft is Anthony Richardson of the Falcons. So here was his. He has Anthony Richardson going to the Falcons at eight. But I don't think that's happening. Because again, if they're not, I think they like Desmond Ritter. Given what Arthur Blank said, but again, it's silly season. So who the hell knows? You might think I'm crazy. Maybe I am. But did you see the workout? Anthony Richardson is so gifted, and he doesn't even have. He doesn't even have to start right time. But can be taken to develop. Someone with serious talent, and if you happen to have two quarterbacks worthy of NFL starts at the end of the development period, that's not a bad problem to have. That would make sense if they had a veteran there. They don't. They cut Mariota. Desmond Ritter is like the Bills tried this exact same thing with with uh, freaking Nathan Peterman, a guy who's going into his second year in the NFL. It doesn't work unless you're just ready to throw him into the fire right away, which it worked for Josh, but it doesn't work for everybody. Like that's why you've got teams like. The Colts who could go out there and sign somebody in free because the Falcons won't go out there and sign anybody really. I think it's Desmond Ritter and that's going to be it. Like the the Commander, same thing. Like unless you were going to try and play him right away, who knows? That that's going to be the issue here. But yeah, I don't see the Falcons drafting quarterback in the first. I think Lamar Jackson made sense, but again, like we said before, they've been Arthur Blank's been very vocal about how much he likes Desmond Ritter. So maybe that's a double bluff. Maybe he hates Desmond Ritter. I don't know, but I would give him time. I've said this. I think the four teams I'll take quarterbacks currently in the top ten are the Texans, Colts, Raiders, and Panthers. And the team that's most likely to trade up into the top ten for a quarterback, I would say probably the Titans. But again, I think the Titans just hold hold Pat and just hold Corn and just like wait till next year because they can't draft a guy. They can't draft a guy this year. 
in the first round anyways. Maybe they go out and get someone in the later rounds. But after cutting everybody, like the, the, the signs all point to the Texans absolutely tanking this year. Right? They have to be. And I would too. I'm sitting outside the top 10. I don't need to trade up. I can just go for Caleb Williams next year. Like, I see that conversation being had on, like, social media of, uh, if you're a team in the top 10, why wouldn't you just wait till next year? Because you're in the top 10. If you're outside the top 10, then, yeah, I, I wouldn't really worry about it. But if you're inside the top 10, you have a chance to take one of these guys because they're all extremely gifted. They're all extremely You might think Caleb Williams and Drake may have higher ceilings next year, but all four of these guys are gifted. Like, Anthony Richardson, for how raw he is, is gifted. Will Levis, same thing, is gifted. Stroud's really accurate, gifted. Bryce Young may not be the biggest, but he's gifted. And the conversation about who's going to number one overall, to me, this is how it kind of feels to me right now. And I could be completely wrong about this. So reports are saying the Texans are going to sit pat, stand pat at number two. Number one overall is kind of feeling like a... And I'm not... Do not take this as I'm saying they're the same prospect. Do not... I. Hey, do not take this like that. This kind of reminds me, like, when you go back to 2018... Like, every mock draft you saw before Baker Mayfield was reported that he was going to Cleveland, every mock draft you saw had Josh or Sam Darnold going number one overall and Josh Rosen going two. Like, stuck at two. Or going number two, whether it was the Jets or Giants. Either one. There were a lot of reports that had him going to the second quarter. Never first. At this point in time, after watching the Combine and listening to what, like, Steichen and Ballard have said, I think the Colts are between... at this, now, there's a few different variables here. Because if you told me at the end of the season where they would go, I would have guessed Levis. Because they've sent a lot of scouts to Kentucky games. The Colts have been very present at Kentucky games this year. But after watching the Combine, I think Richardson and Stroud are probably their top two guys. Because if you listen to what Steichen said, he talked about throw to score, run to win. Talking about accuracy being a big factor there. Ballard said the same thing. If you're looking at who's the most accurate quarterback in this class, that's C.J. Stroud. Bar none. We've said that throughout this season. C.J. Stroud is a very, very accurate quarterback. Pinpoint accuracy with C.J. Stroud. He might not have the athletic ceiling as the other quarterbacks in this class, but he is precise when he throws the football. And when you look at what you watch back the combine, when you watch back the throwing portion of it, because I know like Anthony Richardson blew up the combine in regards to, oh, here's the 40 time 443, a guy 6'4, 244 pounds. Here's a 10 9 broad jump. Here's a 40.5 inch vert. Like, here's all these different measurements here at 6'4", 244. Look at him throw the deep ball. But if you watch that back and listen to the crowd in Indianapolis, I'm not saying they're all Colts fans, and there could have been a large contingent of Buckeyes fans there, but when you look that back, I feel like Jim Ursay would be someone that looks at that and goes, wow, look at all the fans. Look at how much they love Stroud, this Stroud kid. Look at that. That seems like the kind of guy we need. And they'll go they'll move heaven and earth and get that. Because the Colts are the favorites to move up to number one. They're the current favorites. And if they're going to throw to score, run to win, accuracy being important, with Steichen talking about that, with Ballard talking about that, and Stroud's got the size. I mean, he not, might not be the most toolsy quarterback. Like, when you look at Chris Ballard, we brought this quote up before about Chris Ballard looking for the best traits. Chris Ballard's a very traits-ready guy. A very traits-heavy guy, sorry. So that's where Richardson comes into play. And if you want to build on that, Steichen did say you can build accuracy. You can do that because that comes a lot down to mechanics and just decision-making. You get coached up, right? Like the Eagles, like Jalen Hurts was not the most accurate quarterback coming in. Remember, when he was at Alabama, he was not considered a quarterback in the NFL, let alone a guy that could be an MVP candidate. 
just a quarterback, a draftable quarterback. And he goes to Oklahoma, learns how to quote-unquote be a quarterback, and now he's a Super Bowl MVP candidate, NFL MVP candidate, bound to be paid a lot. Like, he can get coached up. Josh Allen, same thing. It can get coached up. Richardson's got all the tools to be there, and that's what you'd look for for, you know, Chris Ballard being a traits guy. Levis, again, there's something inside of me that just wants to go, Levis to the Colts, Levis to the Colts, Levis to the Colts, Levis to the Colts. That's just what my head's telling me. It ta- like it's getting pounded into my head. But for whatever reason, I think the top three guys in the draft, from what I've read, from everything I've picked up, the top three guys in the draft, post-combine, in no particular order, are Young, Stroud, and Richardson. And Levis is that fourth guy. At this point in time. That's obviously subject to change. And I saw some today, the Raiders really like Levis. Daniel Jeremiah talked about the Raiders drafting Levis at the Combine. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, because when I look at these quarterbacks, I've seen this a lot today, where I've seen best fits. Like, I took a screenshot of one, where it was best fits. And best fits are whatever. That's just personal opinion about where you think, like, you know, it's whatever. With my eye, like, how I'm looking at this, and this could be a spoiler for the draft, for uh, the the mock draft 2.0. How I'm looking at this is Stroud Colts, Young Texans, Richardson uh, Richardson Panthers, Levis Raiders. That's how I'm viewing this. But I'm going off what like my brain is wanting me to do. Levis Colts, Young Young feels locked into the Texans at this point. I know we had him going to the Colts number one overall in the Montreal 2 1.0, but he just feels like a Texans guy. And I think not working out the combine, I think that also pushed him to that number two, which is why we brought the Rosen thing, where he's not number where he's number consistently talked about as being the one of the best quarterbacks in the class, but not the number one pick. Well, I'm not saying they're the same prospect, they're the same skill set, same mannerism, same character. Like that that's not what we're talking about at all. I'm just talking about from the media perception of him in regards to the draft stock. Like consistently the second guy off the board. And sometimes first. Sometimes first. But I think we're starting to get into the Stroud and Richardson area for the number one pick. I think that's the conversation at this point. And it's not with the Bears. Do not look at me and go like, oh, you're talking about the Bears. No, I'm not talking about the Bears. But my brain is going like Levis Colts, Young Texans, Stroud Panthers. Stroud Panthers just makes makes sense to me. I don't know why. Stroud Panthers makes sense to me. I think he'd be a fun quarterback with him. And then Richardson, for where I'd love him to go, is the Lions. Anthony Richardson on the Lions would be insane. It'd be absolutely insane. So you think, like, they've got Goff there. Goff's got, I think, two years left on his contract. I could be wrong about that. I think he's got two years left on his contract. Richardson goes there, learns under Jared Goff, who I think would be a great quarterback for him to learn under. With Johnson there as the OC, when you look at some of the players they have on offense with a good offensive line, like Richardson and Jamison Williams together? Dude, like, that is ridiculous. The speed of Williams, the arm strength and athleticism of Richardson, that's where I want him to go, is the Detroit Lions. I think that's the most perfect fit for him. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Lions, I, Brad Holmes, the GM of the Lions, I remember earlier this offseason talked about the importance of having a de- de- developmental piece at quarterback, and that would be an option. I've just got in my head that I don't think Richardson's going to be available at six, and I don't think the Lions would trade up for a quarterback. I don't think the Lions... If, if a quarterback fell to them at six, then yeah, I think they'd have a conversation about it. But if they're sitting there at six in a team trade, I, I don't think the Lions are going to be like, hey, Arizona, give us the third overall pick. We're coming up to get Richardson or someone like that. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that's going to be the case. 
I think also with Richardson, this is what the the post had. They had Richardson going to Seattle in regards to fit. And I think, again, same thing. They talked about Richardson saying that meeting felt different, going to the Seattle Seahawks meeting, talking about Pete Carroll, but they just signed Geno Smith. Maybe that's still on the table. Maybe that's still on the table. But if you listen to, uh, what's their chance? John Schneider and Pete Carroll, uh, what it seems like, again, what it seems like is that they're going to um, go heavy on the D-line. That's what it feels like. They've talked about a lot. They've weighed in a, he- a lot on the importance of having a strong defensive line. And when you're in a division with the Rams and 49ers, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I would do the same thing. Like we talked about numerous times, the NFL is a copycat league. And you have two teams in your division that have had a lot of success based off how dominant their defensive lines are. And you're the Seahawks. You're like, wow, we need to get more, what do you want to call it? More uh, technical is not the right word, but more, Whatever you get, what I'm, I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Get better, more explosive, more athletic up front. Like that's where I think they're going to go. So I don't think Richardson would be the option there. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Cause I think the fit there is nice. DK and, and Anthony Richardson combine freak shows. Like they both tore apart the combine. Somehow DK Metcalf fell. Well, I know why he fell the second round because he had the neck injury. But yeah, I, Richardson ain't falling the second round. Richardson ain't going outside the top ten at this point. Richardson not going outside the top ten. We didn't. I rarely had him going outside the top ten in any mock draft I ever did. Because again, we've talked about Anthony Richardson since last, like two seasons ago, when he was first getting in against USF against Florida with Florida with Emory Jones playing inconsistent as hell, throwing terrible interceptions. Like we've talked about this dude a lot. We've talk, I've seen people on Twitter. This dude's terrible. I hate when people like this. This is one of my pet peeves. And I talked to some of my friends about this this weekend. I hate when people are like so absolute on something. Like, this guy's going to be a bust. This guy was terrible. Like, it's not. It's not that black and white like that. There's reasons behind every single thing. It's football. Not everything's concrete. That's never how it is in the sport. Ever. And yet, that's all the conversation on Twitter. You're wrong, I'm right. And it's always absolute. This is where it is. This is where the line's drawn. I'm right, you're wrong. And I think Josh Allen helped, like, blur the line a little bit. But... I, I hate that. I hate that. It irks me so much because there, things can change over time. Like, this is this. This is this. This is this. Like, Richardson was not, even, even if you want to just do it for fun, Richardson wasn't horrific at Florida at all. He wasn't terrible at Florida at all. You can see the way you can build around this guy, the way you can build him up. And I'm not saying that guarantee he's going to be a success at the NFL level. Because I said this, I've said this numerous times. I hate the term bust, but any seeing every player that gets drafted can bust. Every single player. I, I remember saying this because I have a freaking post about it on Instagram. This is something that anybody it can happen to the best of them. The most unbustable prospect can bust. Because it's not just about the player. It's about the atmosphere that they're in. It's about the coaching staff. It's the players around him. Trevor Lawrence could have been the next big bust because of Urban Meyer if they didn't get out of that right away. Like, look at what went from Aaron, Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. We're talking about two completely different quarterbacks here. People are talking about Trevor Lawrence being a top-five quarterback now. He was not a top-five quarterback under Urban Meyer. It had nothing to do with his skill set. But he was coached under a terrible-ass coaching staff. He had no players around him. They went from a number one pick to a divisional round playoff game in a year. Like, 
it's not just about the player. Player, obviously, the player's skill set's very important, but you have to have the right structure around him. And sometimes you can take that a little bit too far. Look at the Jets. They still believe in Zach Wilson. Still to this day. I've had this old saying where I think you got three years in the league and that's what you are. You got three to four years in the league and then that's what you are. I mean, there's room to grow with everybody, but at that point, you're done. If you're not good, you're not good. Like with the whole thing with Daniel Jones, you saw something there. You could see a little bit. Though he was, you know, inconsistent as hell, there's not one moment where I've sat down and watched Zach Wilson with the Jets and gone like, yeah, that's a guy you can build around. There's something there. I don't think there is. At this point in time, I don't think there is. And notice what I'm doing here. I don't think. It's not, there's nothing there. No, I don't think there's something there right now. Maybe they feel like they can still develop it. I have no idea. I don't know what the whole deal with, like, their whole faith with him is. I don't know. Don't understand it. But good on you, Jets. If you believe in him, go for it. You are more I. You are more than welcome to do that. It, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's fun, though. But uh, I kind of wanted to touch on this. I know we're running a little bit long here on the show today. But one thing I want to touch on is this. Because I think it's a very interesting development that I've kind of toyed with the idea in this last mo- in the mock draft that I'm doing. And I've talked about this player a few times on the show before. You can go back to college football season. You can go over to the first, like, pre-bowl season mock draft we did. We can go back to that point. What did we say back then? We said, you can go listen to shows back then around that time as well. Tyree Wilson is the quote-unquote Trayvon Walker of this draft class. Just unnatural ability in regards to natural traits. He might not be the biggest star like Will Anderson is or Jalen Carter is. Same thing that happened last year with Aiden Hutchinson. Same thing. But this dude is a freak of nature. Absolute freak of nature. And Tyree Wilson went to Texas Tech. So no one out there in their right mind is going like, when I can sit down and watch Will Anderson. I can sit down and watch... Jalen Carter on Georgia or Alabama or wherever, why the hell would I sit down on my perfectly good Saturday, my perfectly content Saturday morning or afternoon or whatever, and watch Texas Tech football? A Texas Tech team that until the Kansas game, they were 4-5. and five, And they beat Kansas. And they beat Iowa State. And they somehow beat Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma wasn't very good, so I shouldn't say somehow because Oklahoma just wasn't very good. But Tyree Wilson is going to be someone that definitely climbs up boards. Definitely climbs up boards. Like, I've already said that I think this dude's a top ten, top five pick. Guaranteed. I have a really hard, like, I shouldn't say guaranteed. I shouldn't say guaranteed. I just have a hard time envisioning. And it's funny because I've had, I've toyed with the idea of him not being a top five pick, too. He's going to be the first or second edge rusher off the board. I honestly wouldn't be too surprised if he was the first defensive player off the board. I wouldn't be too surprised about that. Because, again, we're in an era right now where the NFL draft is kind of getting viewed in the same lens the NBA draft is. Where, where could we, how could we build you? What do you have that we could build you to? Like, if you just compare Will Anderson to Tyree Wilson, two completely different players, two completely different players. But if you were to compare them, like height, weight, and stuff like that, Will Anderson 6'4", 243. Tyree Wilson is 6'6", 275. With it, I think they said an 86-inch wingspan. Span? I don't know why I said spanned. Wingspan? Like, those athletic, those natural traits that they have could be something that definitely pushes him up boards. Like, the Bears have already met with this dude twice. They've had two meetings with this guy. 
And Will Anderson has been on the the one of the forefronts of college football for the better part of two years. Dude was a Heisman, uh, not a finalist, but he should have been. He got a bunch of votes for the Heisman Trophy a couple years ago when Bryce Young won it. Like, Will Anderson, no secret, no stranger to the spotlight. Everybody knows Will Anderson. Regardless if you follow the NFL draft or not, you are at least somewhat aware of Anthony Richardson. Or Anthony Richardson. Will Anderson. Ten sacks last year. He didn't put up the same insane numbers that he did the season prior where he was a Heisman candidate, where he had 17 and a half sacks, but he still put up ten sacks this year. And Tyree Wilson, he put up seven sacks this year. Had seven sacks the season before as well. Had 61 total tackles. 36 solo, which is 12 more than Will Anderson's total. He also had a forced fumble, which Will Anderson didn't, but Will Anderson had an interception. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out. Because I really think, like with the Cardinals at three, or the Bears at four, if that's where they trade back to, Tyree Wilson could be, especially with the whole Jalen Carter situation, Tyree Wilson could definitely be in that conversation for first defender off the board. I don't, I don't want people to be surprised by that if it does happen. Because I don't even think it'd be that outlandish if it did happen. Because unlike Trayvon Walker last year, there's production with Will, with Tyree Wilson. There wasn't that to a certain extent with T- Trayvon Walker. But now, at this point, we've kind of realized, oh, Georgia, they don't their defense is really built off, built off individual production. It's built off a team game. Like, rotational pieces, like freaking crazy. Jalen Carter, who, again, was arguably the best defensive player on that team last year, was a rotational piece. Like that's that's the kind of depth Georgia has. So, you know, I I would not gonna be surprised if it happens. And I don't want you to be surprised either. They have Tyree Wilson goes third overall. I he's not going first or second because the Bears ain't picking first and the Texans ain't drafted him. So Tyree Wilson conversation starts at three. And apparently the Cardinals love this guy. Love this guy. And like we said, the Bears have already had two meetings with him. Maybe it's because they already know what Will Anderson is and does. Will Anderson is compared to Khalil Mack, a guy the Bears used to have traded him. So, hey, it's going to be fun. We're getting to the fun section. We're post-combine. We're going to get into pro days here in a little bit. Then we got the draft on the 27th. It's fun. It's a really fun time. I'm getting excited. we got Montraft 2.0 coming out next Monday. So, again, make sure you stay tuned for that. I've been Logan Blackman. I'm going to sign off here. I don't think I have anything more I really want to touch on today. I think we've pretty much done all we need to do today. Uh, scrolling through a little bit again. A little bit again. Yeah, I think we're good. What is this? Bears have already spoken at three NFL teams about training the first overall, according to GM Ryan Poles. I know I can get 24-1 and a 25-1, and I think so. Panthers are among the teams expected to be aggressive in the training up in the draft. So we'll see. We'll see how this all goes down. I'm very intrigued to see how it happens. But with that being said, I'm going to sign off here. I do hope you enjoyed the show. I, I think I, I enjoyed this show more than Monday's show, I think. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. If not, I sincerely apologize. Make sure, again, you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. But most importantly, make sure you are subscribed and or following the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts. Leave a rating on five stars on both. Leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do, whether it's a one-star rating or a five-star rating. And I will see you all later. Congrats to Danny Dimes on getting more than a time. Goodness gracious, 40 mil for Daniel Jones. Never thought I'd say that before. All right, I'll see you guys later. Peace.